So to begin to help us understand the context of our gospel reading, we must take a step back into history and understand the culture and the time frame in which this is all occurring. We go as far back as into Exodus in which God calls his chosen people, the Israelites, out into the promised land. So through this whole time, they've been waiting and waiting and waiting for the Messiah who will come to free them, who will come to save them. And so as Peter is seeing Jesus do all these great things, heal the sick, cure the blind, raise the dead, Jesus becomes the Messiah. He is seen as the Messiah, someone who's going to save and free the Israelite people, the chosen people. And if Jesus is that powerful, if Jesus is the Messiah who's coming to save them, then why? Think of it this way. If you had something that you cherish and cared for the most, would you not do everything in your power to protect it, to guard it, to ensure that it's, it's safe in everything that you do? Why would you give it to a child to play with? Why would you hand it over to get destroyed? But today we see the struggle Peter is having because Jesus just shares with him that he must go to Jerusalem to suffer. Why would a God who's all-powerful, all-knowing, have to go to Jerusalem to endure these things? Could he not just snap his finger and with all power and authority wipe away all evil? With all power and authority, could he not wipe away the Roman Empire and free, the, free his people? But today we come to find and understand that Jesus is coming to not wipe away using his power, but he comes to wipe away our sins and free us by the power of the cross, by his crucifixion. But now let me ask you this. If we actually understand what the crucifixion was for the Roman Empire, it wouldn't make sense either. Because the crucifixion for the Roman Empire was a punishment for the lowest of the low in society. It was used as a tool to ridicule, to mock, to make fun of people. It was the most embarrassing way and the most excruciating torture the Romans came up with. So then why would Jesus die on the cross for us? And sadly, the simple answer is love. We hear in our gospel reading today, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. In short, in summary, what he's asking of us is, do you love me enough to come follow me? Do you love me enough to come follow me up to Calvary to crucify yourself on the cross with me and endure this suffering? And I can tell you, my dear brothers and sisters, it's easier said than done. It's not easy to carry our crosses. It's not easy to live out the life that God has called each and every one of us to because it's uncomfortable, because it challenges us. It challenges us to go beyond ourselves, beyond what we know and what we're familiar with, 
and to live out a life radically different from those around us. I remember growing up when I was seven over at Christ the King, sitting up in the choir loft at the Easter Vigil, hearing with, with my own heart, I want you to be like your pastor. I never understood what that call was. I never understood what that invitation was to be like my pastor. But as I grew older, as I began to understand a little more, that call, that invitation was from the Lord to ask me to follow him in a life more radically, to follow him as his priest. If we look around our society today, who really wants to be a priest? No one in their right mind really wants to be a priest. As I was growing up, I came to the same conclusion that everyone in the world today comes up with. Why would you want to live a life in isolation by yourself? Don't you just want to get married? Don't you want to have kids? And for that reason, afterwards, as I was growing up, I threw that calling away and hid it from my reality as much as I could and said to myself, no, 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 I don't want to be a priest. I want to have a family. I want to have kids. I grew up in a family where both my mom and dad had eight siblings. So every weekend we would gather at our grandparents' house where there was about 40, 50 people gathered together. And so with my cousins, we would have so much fun hanging out in the house, running around in the backyard of my grandparents' house. And so I was so used to having a big family, being around a lot of people. But what I ended up with at home was just a younger brother and younger sister. I didn't get the opportunity to have a big family. And so that became the other cross I carried. The constant re return to the question, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And so growing up, I, I was struggling to find and to carry that cross. The cross of that vocation God has called me to, to follow him more deeply, to more intently. And as I grew older, that desire never goes away. Even to this day, that desire never goes away. And so as I began to understand that call, that call to love, that carrying my cross, we begin to see how it transforms and changes someone. We do it not because we have to do it, but we ought to do it. We love someone so much and enough that we will carry our cross to the end. That cross, no matter how difficult it can become, we do it out of love. Love because that love fulfills us and satiates all our desires, our wants in our life. But the challenge is it's not comfortable. I had to come to understand to the reality and the fact that I won't have kids. If you think about it, who in their right mind wants to go home to an empty house? To go home to an empty bed? Do we not want to go home to see someone? To have someone wait there for you with open arms? Do you not want someone to be there with a great smile to greet you or have dinner prepared for you? But yet in that sacrifice, 
in that love, in that carrying one's cross, we begin to find something greater. Yes, I go home to an empty house. Yes, I go home to an empty place. Yes, I go home to cooking my own dinner. But in that solitude, in that silence, I begin to find great peace, to find great joy, to find great solace. Not because I'm crazy, but the fact is in carrying the cross, I come to love Christ more. I come to see the power of conversion. I come to see the power of change. I come to see in losing my life, I gain so much more. To put it very simply, in giving to God, I find myself receiving so much more than I have given. Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and come follow me. But what is our reality? What is our current struggle today? The cross, just like the, for the Romans and just like for Peter, it's not something cool. It's not something comfortable. It's not something easy. That cross can be things like loving our enemy. Those crosses can be loving our brothers and sisters as God has loved us. Those crosses we carry is an invitation to be generous to God. That cross that we carry is to know Him more and to love Him more, to serve Him more. But who wants to serve Him more? I'm comfortable with what I am doing. I'm okay with the amount of service I have given to the Lord, and I don't want any more. It was interesting, two weeks as I was preparing to come here, I was spending time in prayer asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to serve your people? And those two weeks, I didn't hear anything. Till I got here, and two weeks into my assignment, the air conditioning broke. And I brought it back to prayer. I was like, Lord, you must be kidding me, right? I'm here to serve your people. I'm here to love on your people. I'm here to lead your people to holiness. But yet you gave me a broken air conditioning unit? How is that love? How are you telling me to love you? How am I supposed to pick up this cross? Because this cross is not easy. But as doing so, I found generosity. I found a community of love. I found a people who want to serve and give up their life to the church. I found myself trusting in the Lord more. I find myself lifting up that cross and saying, Lord, if that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. And as I continue this journey, there's been more questions, more crosses to lift up. The, renov the renovation to the rectory, a gas leak both over at the church and the school, more air conditioning breaking. And if you look at it in the surface level and a surface value, it's so easy to just say, forget about it. I don't want to carry that cross. 
That's not comfortable. That's not easy. That's insanity. But yet, in every time, lifting up that cross and saying, Lord, if this is what you ask of me, I'll do it. Everything has fallen into its place. The right people have been there at the right moment, at the right time. And the Lord has shown me, when you take up your cross and come follow me, when you give up your life more to him, he will bless you in generosity. So my dear brothers and sisters, each and every one of us has our crosses. We can be like the Romans today and decide that it's not worth it. It's embarrassing. It's uncomfortable. It's not what I want. Or we can embrace the cross. We can take up our cross and follow him. And in following him, what seems as something difficult, as something uncomfortable, is then exponentially blessed, is exponentially filled, is exponentially poured down with grace in our lives. So my dear brothers and sisters, the choice is ours. So let us today decide if we want to pick up our cross and come follow him. But I promise you, if you pick up the cross, if you come follow him every day and every moment of your life, you will not regret it. You will not go weary, but you will be filled with abundance. You will be filled with love. And most importantly, your life will change forever. Amen.